You're listening to Jackpot, brought to you by Jack.org Queens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Jackpot. Um, my name's Liv. I'm Sophia. And we're so excited to be here today. Um, I guess before we jump into the episode and stuff, we'll do like little introductions on ourselves. So hi, I'm Olivia O'Brien De La Torre. You can just call me Liv. And I'm a fourth year student here at Queens, I'm studying PPE in the politics specialization. And I'm also one of the co-presidents this year on Jack.org Queens um, for the events and intersectionality umbrella. Um, and I'm Sophia Marais. You can call me Soph, Sophie, Sophia, I go by <laughs> a lot. Um, but I'm also a fourth year student here at Queens and I'm studying environmental studies and psychology. And I'm also part of Jack.org at Queens as an events coordinator under the events umbrella. Before we kind of dive into today's episode, I just wanted to give a trigger warning as today we will be talking about some um, sensitive and heavy topics such as suicide, PTSD, other traumas, anxiety, depression, and so forth. But in each one of our episodes, we will have a list of resources down in the description of each episode's podcast that kind of pertains to the topics that we'll be talking about um, in each episode. So please feel free to check those out and to also DM us on any of our social medias if you have any um, resources that you would like for us to add into our list of resources or if you need um, any further resources that haven't been listed in the description down below. So without further ado, let's get started. Since this is the first episode of Jackpod, we decided we wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Jack.org, what it is, how it started, and we're also going to talk about what is mental health? Why it's important? Why are we dedicating a whole podcast to it? So before we start with all of the other subjects, uh, Liv here is going to talk about Jack.org, the parent company, and how it started and how we got here today. So before kind of diving into Jack.org, what it is, how it accomplishes its mission, um, what Jack.org Queens is, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to give a trigger warning because um, obviously when having candid conversations surrounding mental health, some topics can be a little more sensitive for some than for others. So um, there is a disclaimer that in this episode, there will be mention of suicide, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so forth. Um, and I just wanted to reiterate that in the bio of our podcast episodes, um, there will always be a list of resources that kind of pertain to the topics that um, the episodes are about. So please um, feel free to check those out or to send us any DMs if you have any resources that you want to add to or if you want any further resources. Um, our socials are always open for that. And yeah. So what is Jack.org? Well, Jack.org is Canada's largest youth mental health organization. But before we get any further, um, I just wanted to backtrack and kind of talk about how Jack.org sort of started, um, because it is a story that is kind of really hits close to home, especially for Queen's campus, because it did start on Queen's campus. So Jack.org is funded in memory of Jack Windler, who was a first year student um, who attended Queens. 
and passed away due to suicide in 2010. Jack's parents, Eric and Sandra, um, really started to notice and address the gap between people really understanding what mental health is and the difference between mental health and having a mental illness. And also the gap between, okay, having a mental illness, how do we get the support? How do we find the resources? How do we even find the voice within us to have the courage and the comfort to talk about um, our experiences and what we're going through and really trying to not let mental illnesses that we go through um, take over us. You know, like one of the biggest stigmas kind of surrounding mental health is that since you can't see physically, since you can't physically see that someone is going through a mental health crisis, it's not as important as, let's say, having a broken arm. But that's not true. And there are physical symptoms to having mental health um, illnesses and going through a mental health crisis. But it's just not talked about as much. And that is really a bridge that, um, a gap that they wanted to kind of bridge over and to close. So um, out of this, they really wanted to address it. So um, Eric and Sandra established a memorial fund at Kids Health Phone um, with the aim to guarantee that every young child Every young adolescent in need is spotted and can receive the support that they require. And then moving forward out of this fund um, came the Jack Project. And the Jack Project's um, main goal was a focus on improving youth mental health um, literacy, youth mental health um, resources, and such across Canada. Um, and then in 2012, um, the Jack Project actually moved to Queen's campus. Um, because they wanted to engage more closely with young leaders to produce youth-inspired, youth-led programs aimed at reducing the stigmas and enhancing uh, mental health literacy and education and tools and such on Canadian campuses. And then after that, the Jack Project actually rebranded its name and to what we know now as Jack.org. But kind of going back, um, one of the biggest focuses that Jack.org had and continues to embody now is the power of youth leading youth. Um, mental health is kind of a topic that has only recently been talked about a lot more often. Um, I was born in the year 2000 and I know even like growing up um, until like 2010 maybe, maybe 2011, um, I didn't even know what mental health was and mental health illnesses were just never really talked about. Um, my parents never really talked to me about it. I was never really taught about it at school and such. So it's honestly kind of a topic and conversation that has only recently come about within the past 10 years. And it is youth that are kind of going through this um, the most because we're the ones that are growing up now and such. So we are the ones that are kind of learning to navigate how to grow up um, with these mental um, health issues and really being the ones that need to start the conversations. So Jack.org has really put it at its forefront that the biggest tool that we all encompass is youth helping youth, youth leading youth, and having programs that are for youth by youth. So I keep kind of talking about um, mental health and the need to get resources, the need to educate the public, the need to 
kind of join forces and really tackle this issue. But we haven't really talked about why that's actually important, why we need to do that. So why does all of this matter? Well, we have a problem and it's a big problem, big scaled problem. Suicidal thoughts are reported by one in out of seven Canadian teenagers. Out of one in seven Canadian teenagers. For young individuals in Canada, this is the top cause of mortality from a health-related reason. And although Canada has the third highest rate of adolescent suicide in the industrial world, this data tells nothing about the millions of young people throughout the country who are dealing with their mental health and are not reporting suicidal intentions. Mental health-related um, deaths are really this generation's health problem. And it is around this pandemic that Jack.org has created its mission to revolutionize the way we talk and view mental health. So Jack.org aims to um, achieve its mission and goal and promote its mission and goals um, through various initiatives. Um, one of them being Jack Chapters, which Jack.org Queens Chapter is a chapter. <laughs> um, Jack Talks, Jack Summits, um, and programs such as Do Something and Be There. And I'll kind of talk a bit about each um, so you kind of get the lay of the land with each. So Jack Talks are kind of like TED Talks where um, speakers kind of come out, talk about their own personal experiences, um, and really try to inspire um youth and communities to take a stand against um, barriers um, that communities may face when trying to promote healthy mental health um, in their communities. And Jack Chapters are essentially clubs that happen on either high school campuses, post-secondary campuses, or in any communities um, where youth gather. Um, and they come together to try to dismantle any barriers that they think are um, prominent in their communities and really help with um, mental health conversation engagement um, in their given communities and also to help inspire other youth to become mental health advocates. Jack.org also has what they call Jack.org summits, which are um, large youth-led gatherings all over Canada that bring together hundreds of young mental health advocates to learn from each other and make positive change for youth mental health. There's regional summits and then there's the big Jack National Summit um, and those kind of include workshops, speakers, um, networking events, etc. Um, that all help with Jack.org's goal and mission to revolutionize the way we talk and think and view mental health. And Jack.org has a, a several other initiatives. Um, one of the new initiatives that they came out with is called Be There, which is essentially equipping people with the tools and the education and kind of the steps on how to be there for someone that's struggling. So not everyone struggles with mental health related illnesses, as I've said previously, but everyone kind of knows of someone that has or that is and but they might not necessarily know how to help them, how to be there for them. So Jack.org has this great resource, which kind of um, has the five kind of golden rules on how to be there for someone, um, which is a great resource to check out um, if you want to do that. It's be there.org. 
And yeah, with all of these initiatives and events and clubs and such that Jack.org kind of has to offer, um, they've really been able to build a massive national community that really empowers youth and that really has youth's back in these kind of times of crisis and these times of need and to really, really make a positive impact on Canadian society and North American society and society on a global scale. So now I'm going to quickly dive into what Jack.org Queen's chapter is. So who are we? Well, I'm proud to say that we are Jack.org's biggest Jack chapter. We are composed of sort of three main umbrellas. The first one being our summit umbrella, which we host um, Canada's Eastern Regional Mental Health Summit. Um, which is pretty cool, and it is going to be taking place this coming February, so please stay tuned on our social media to see how you can apply to be a delegate so that you can come and join us in this year's summit. And then our next umbrella is our marketing and members umbrella. Um, marketing is a little <laughs> bit self-explanatory. Um, they do the marketing for all of our social medias, the marketing for the events that we have coming up, um, the marketing for this podcast, um, the marketing for the summit, et cetera, et cetera. And then our members leaders are those that are in charge of running all of our members, our general members team meetings, which are meetings that happen bi-weekly and each meeting um, has a different topic. And members are encouraged to um, engage in conversations surrounding that week's topic because our main goal on campus is to try to reach out to as many students um, as possible to try to make the biggest impact on campus that we can do. And then last but not least, we have our events and intersectionality umbrella, which um, the events is also a bit um, straightforward. We organize and plan all of our um, mental health related initiatives that happen on campus, whether that is a panel, whether that is this podcast, whether that is a speaker that comes in, um, workshops that people can get involved with, all with the goal of promoting positive mental health and mental health literacy, both on our campus and in our surrounding communities. And we do so through an intersectional lens, which um, if those aren't for those of you that aren't familiar with what intersectionality is, it's basically the acknowledgement of everyone's unique experiences of discrimination and oppression and how those experiences play into people's mental health and their everyday lives, which is really essential to address, especially on a campus with a bunch of people that come from different backgrounds and with everyone that has different experiences, different life experiences. So that kind of sums up um, what the Jack.org parent company does, how it accomplishes its mission, why it all started, and why we should engage in um, conversations like this and engage in clubs like this. Um, and it kind of also goes over what Jack.org Queens does and what our mission is on campus. And with that being said, we're going to now lead into our candid conversation. So let's get into the candid conversation. Yeah, okay. So I guess the next topic we can talk about is just what is mental health? 
There is so much talk about this, so much misconceptions about this. So if we're going to get technical, according to the World Health Organization, so their formal definition of mental health is really just a state of well-being in which the individual realizes their own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to their community. So really what that means is just mental health is really our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And those things affect how we think, how we feel, how we act, and really it affects our entire life. Um, with that said, you know, like definitions can be pretty um, clear-cut, but with that said, mental health looks different to everybody. Um, it's very unique to everybody because it has to do with, you know, people's own perceptions of life, people's own schemas, how they see life, their own experiences, their personalities. Um, so it's not clear-cut, and that's something that you know, it's one of the reasons why we're talking about this, why conversations about mental health have to be more open, because there's no assumptions here. Uh, mental health is very unique to every person. So with that said, let's talk about a little bit more about why we both decided to even join Jack.org. So, Liv, <laughs> why did you uh, join Jack.org? It's a bit of a loaded question, but yeah, going off of what you said, like mental health doesn't have a script. And I think that's one of the biggest kind of things that I even have to like remind myself is that everyone's is different. There's the intersect, a lot of um, people's perceptions and how mental health plays in their life has to do with the intersectionality of it. You know, like mm. everyone has different backgrounds, different experiences, and that's, something that we all kind of have to like take into account. I grew up, um, I'm born and raised in Toronto, but um, I'm first generation Canadian. So my mom is from Spain and my dad's from Ireland. They both immigrated to Canada and then had my brother and I. So up until the age of four, I was kind of only really exposed to like a Spanish culture. I would go to Spain every summer or um, even my dad's side of the family, um, also immigrated to Canada so like when we had family functions like I was only kind of exposed to like the Irish culture there as well so and even when my parents came here they um they were kind of seeking to fit in as well so they would only really hang out with like Spanish friends or European friends and stuff so that's what I was really exposed to I wasn't really exposed to the North American kind of lifestyle and culture until I started JK which I obviously I think that you can also agree yeah, I mean, the culture shock, I think, is really hard. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of... Because I, I wasn't born in Canada. Um, I was born in Uruguay. Um, but I was two years old. Yeah. So, essentially, <laughs> like, I don't... If you ask me, you know, what do you remember from Uruguay? Like, I... Before two, I don't remember anything. Like, I only remember <laughs> Canada, right? But my brother was 11 when we came. My parents were, of course, like... Full, full, like I was raised Uruguayan. Mm -hmm. That was my household. Yeah. So I understand, you know, you go, you start going to school and like public school, there's a lot of different, like, cult especially just can Canadian culture. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's different, right? So um, I think there's also a level of imposter syndrome there. Yeah. Like, I, like from when I was a little kid, like I having, I had anxiety. So did there I. was just a lot going yeah. on. So it was just, I didn't know how to process everything. I was also, I've always very been very like sensitive to the world. Yeah. So I think like that discrepancy in my mind of like, I need to try and fit in 
in like school but I like don't understand the culture but I need to try to like fit myself into this box did you did you speak English at home or no I spoke Spanish yeah that's same as well so like at home I would only be speaking Spanish and stuff and then I'd go to school and like I would talk with a little bit of an accent when I was younger and I'd be like no I want to fit in so like even from like the ripe age of four growing up with that like that played a massive role with like my mental health and stuff yeah and I don't know about you but like I think something that I also, like, struggled with growing up, um, being an immigrant and having all that is, like, the identity. Yes. I had kind of, like, had, like, an identity crisis growing yeah. up in that sense, because it's, like, how Uruguayan am I? How Canadian am I? Like, yeah. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit myself in the box, but then also, the more I did that, I found myself also silencing my own culture. Yeah. You know, because you want to fit in when you're a kid. It's so much like... <laughs> I even feel that now, too, because um, my mom never wanted me to, like, lose the Spanish culture or anything like that. Um, and she only sp- speaks... Like, even now, she only speaks to me in Spanish. So every summer, she'd send um, me and my brother to Spain um, to spend time with my family, like, the whole summer, kind of like summer camp, whatever. <laughs> um, but being in Spain, like, I was... Me and my brother me and my brother were, like, the Canadian kids, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, we didn't fit into, like, the Spanish culture, but then when I'm in Canada, like, Canada and, and it's, it's like, oh, you guys are the Spanish kids, yeah. so, like, where do you fit into that, you know yeah. what I mean? And I also grew up um, going to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school up until grade 8, and um, that I liked that because, like, I was part of, a, like, um, a group that, like, a collective that I could actually identify with at the time. Right. Um... But they never talked about mental health. Like, mental health was never right. really talked about. And I also think that there is a gap between, like, our grandparents' generation versus our parents' generation oh, with our generation 100%. as well. 100%. I mean, I don't know, like, if it's just, like, my cult. I think a lot, I think a lot of cultures yeah. have this. But it's, like, mental health was not spoken about in my no, household. So all. it was, like... And looking back now that I'm, you know, studying psychology and I'm involved in a lot of mental health initiatives and education and everything, now, you know, doing therapy, now it's like, oh, now I know what's going on. But growing up, it's like when you're not able to process those emotions because it's like mental health doesn't exist. Like It's like, you know, it just doesn't exist with like, you know, those like generation, the generational differences. And even now when I talk to my parents about it, it's like... It's a, it's not an easy conversation because they're just now trying to like open up about it and, and trying to understand. Yeah, but even to, then, it's like I have to cut my parents some slack as well too because yeah. like their generation didn't really grow up talking about it. It was kind of like if you're sad, we'll stop being sad. Exactly. If you're, if you're like some people, like um, my dad has anxiety. Yeah. But like he grew up not knowing what anxiety was. He was just living off of his nerves. That's like the saying that right. like people would say. And it wasn't kind of until um, I actually entered grade nine where one of my really good friends passed away due to depression that I kind of realized what mental health was. And I actually started being educated on it through um, doing mental health initiatives in her honor. And that's kind of where like a switch kind of flipped where I was kind of like, oh my God, the gap is huge huge I grew up thinking that I was just living off of my nerves and all of that stuff and actually no like I do have anxiety like I have an anxiety disorder but I didn't even know like about that I didn't even know about that about myself yeah no, 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 <laughs> you know I'm what saying. I mean yeah, so yeah. even that was just like insane so through kind of those experiences I kind of realized 
if I don't even understand who I am, like, how am I supposed to have, like, a good relationship with myself, a good relationship with everyone else, and how are we going to stop other people from feeling so lonely? Like, I thought that I was, like, the only one kind of going through yeah. this, you know? And that is, I think that is one of the most common things I hear. Yeah. Uh, when I talk about mental health with people, it's like, you think you're the only person in the world. And yeah. part of that also, <clears throat> it is important to say that when someone gets a diagnosis or something, you know, for example, I also have an anxiety disorder. Yeah. My anxiety disorder is not going to look the same as your anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. It's like, just because you have the same diagnosis as someone does yes. not mean yeah. that it manifests in the same way. Yeah. So that's another thing, right? It can be really, it can feel really lonely. But yeah, you're right. The lack of education, I think, is the biggest thing. Because the second, there there can be some comfort in getting diagnosed. Honestly, because it kind of like puts like the puzzle pieces together. Together, yeah. And I think, honestly, going back to the question, like why we kind of joined Jack.org or why we get involved with these mental health initiatives is because the biggest thing when people are going through mental health related situations is that they feel so lonely no mm -hmm. one will understand them and it can be so tiring to have to like explain yourself to people or to have yeah. to like even explain yourself to yourself yeah and you don't really want to so like having these communities of like you know what like I have anxiety and you have anxiety too yeah. and maybe they're not the same but I know now I'm not alone oh, yeah. in having something and yeah. whether you even have an anxiety disorder or not you can go through periods of feeling sad feeling angst having bad relationships with certain like foods or yourself yeah, or like dysmorphias and stuff like that like yeah having a collective to come together I think is like has been for me like the biggest thing like in high school I was part of um and I still am part of the Maddie project um mm -hmm. which is um Toronto-based um community organization that's youth um helping youth um get access to resources and to really um, learn how to be a mental health advocate with effective tools and stuff like that. The biggest thing is feeling a part of a community that has the same goal yes. and has been like, even being able to like help people with their own issues has helped yeah. me like inherently helped me with like, okay, I can do this because so many people are going through different situations but have the same mindset and goal. Yeah. And it's weirdly empowering and kind yeah. of Yeah, like... I mean, <clears throat> the other thing is, talking about this, there's so much power in taking away the stigma. Yes. I think that, like, one of the biggest things, I think one of the most detrimental things about mental health in general yeah. is the huge amount of stigma because someone who's going through a mental health, I don't know, difficulties or if they have a disorder disorder um they can feel like a burden yeah and that is one of the most like that's the hardest one of the hardest things because mm -hmm. you don't want to open up about it you don't want to tell anyone you're like i'm just gonna i don't want to yeah. burden you you yeah. know it's like oh like i'm you know and, and that's a really strong and hurtful feeling and more lonely like you feel more lonely from it and it's like that's one of the reasons why i was like <clears throat> really motivated to like yeah. join jack.org because to me especially like growing up like I've always kind of been going through like mental health mm -hmm. like I had anxiety since I was a little girl yeah. I had OCD for a little bit yeah. um but I was a gymnast for 10 years and I think there's also like a really large gap in like the sports and mental health like that's yes. not yeah. that is very stigmatized but when I quit the sport that's when like I had, like, my crash mm -hmm. and all of the mental health stuff. 
But the biggest things with me is like, I didn't understand what the heck was happening with me. Yeah. I did not understand. I was like, I'm you losing feel so my mind. Unfounded. 100%. I was like, to me, it's like, I thought I was losing myself. I was like, yeah. I'm not me anymore. And yeah. I didn't understand why. Um, <clears throat> and so it took me a bit. Like, I wish I could say that I came to university right away and was able to join Jack.org. But I'm in my fourth year and like just now I'm joining because yeah. it took me being in psychology and going to a, my clinical psychology class where, you know, we learn about diagnoses and different things yeah. where I was like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> we were talking about like general yeah. anxiety disorder and like all of these like other diagnoses. And I was like, wait, yeah, I think I have that. That makes so much sense. But it took like being in a psychology course in university. Yeah. Like that is so detrimental for people when they don't know, like, and that salt, like, I cannot tell you how much, how grateful I am to have been in that class. Because yeah. after that, I took that, took it to therapy, started talking about it, got diagnosed. And it was like, okay, I have an answer now. No. And then you can work from there. No, exactly. You know? And that's honestly something that I'm even going through right now. Um, when I was seven, eight years old, my parents got divorced. And going back to, so I went to a Catholic school. Well, like, you know, in the Catholic religion, like, divorce is kind of, like, frowned upon. Um, so I was the only one in my class that, like, had divorced parents. So even, like, navigating that was so anxious. Right. Kind of now. Um, and then in grade nine, like, I kind of had... Um, I started getting involved with the Maddie project and stuff like that, but I never kind of took it into my own. I was like, I don't know. I never took it into my own hands to like assess my own mental health. Mm -hmm. I kind of just took it as, well, my parents got divorced. That, that has to be normal and I have to power through. Oh, well, I'm anxious. Well, that doesn't matter. I have to power through. Right. Like, um, now I have this goal to like help the Maddie project's goal. Well, I have to do that. But I never took a step back to like realize like all these really significant things that have happened in my life that are so hard and really like realized how that played a role in my mental health mental health and now I'm in fourth year I've always been a social butterfly <laughs> I've always been someone that like loved crowds like I could never yeah. be alone I suffered from FOMO so badly in university in high school and a lot in university and honestly like now I'm um, in therapy and stuff and it wasn't until like even yesterday in my session with my therapist, I was talking about like, oh, um, this summer I went to Spain um, for all of May, June, July. Um, but I was it was kind of the first time where I was not doing anything. Like I wasn't with my friends. I didn't have like, I couldn't just text my friends to be like, oh, let's go on a walk. Like I actually have to sit with all my feelings okay. that have been built up for all yep. these years. And I've <laughs> never taken the time to go back and like whatever. Yeah. And I came to school in September and I felt so lost I was yeah. like what is going on I'm so anxious I feel so disconnected from everyone and it wasn't until my therapist was like you have PTSD because you've never taken the time to actually work on all these things that have kind of happened with you and the minute I was told like kind of like the minute the puzzle kind of came together I was like oh my god a weight was lifted off of my shoulders and now I'm like I have to address these things and I felt so lonely like I had like a period where I felt super lonely and now like I went down to my housemates and I was like this is how I'm feeling I didn't I had never felt so much love and support because I was now I kind of like understood and I took the time to really sit back and talk and like I've always been involved with like jack.org and stuff like that but I've never I felt like a bit of a fraud because I was like, oh, like I'm a mental health advocate, but like my mental health like isn't the best now, whatever. And I had to sit back and reflect and be like, oh my God, 
the power of just talking through things and kind of taking time to sit and yeah. like not judging yourself. That's the biggest thing. That's not the judging biggest yourself thing is the yeah. number one thing. So like even being a mental advocate since I was 14, it's not until I'm 21 that I'm like really realizing that like it's the healing is not linear. It is. Oh my God. And you are not alone. Yeah, it is not <laughs> linear. I think that is like the biggest thing that you can take away from healing is like, it's not going to be like, just because you get diagnosed, just because you're able to talk about it now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have ups and downs. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's going to be super, you know? So yeah. yeah, but they're like, that is like such a good example of like the power of understanding yeah. and what's not going stigmatizing on yourself. and not stigmatizing, right? Like, I think that's why it's so like, I think working through my mental health and also like, um, with friends and Mm -hmm. everything like that and and learning how to open up and be vulnerable like yeah it has caused me to open up my mind so much in a beautiful way yeah um you like just learning about everything and and opening up the floor to so many people there's just so much strength you know like people equate having a like difficulty with mental health as weakness No, no I've learned one thing and it's like through this whole journey it's no it's 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 quite the opposite yeah like you're so strong for having the courage to just look with, take a step back. Yeah. And look, that, that, that is scary. That is not easy, but it's so like strong and it's so like good. Yeah. You know, well, that's why we want to even bring like these candid conversations. Like yeah. I've been a mental health advocate since I was 14. Now I'm 21 and it's the first time I'm like now opening up about these things, yeah. you know? And like, um, you can still be a mental health advocate without opening up and saying your stories, yeah. but like, I guess through the years, I've always noticed that like what really helps other people is opening up. And once you've kind of gained the courage, it's taking me eight years to gain the courage. Yeah. But like I'm here now and I'm here with you. Yeah. And, like I got to like share this with you. No, and stuff. me like, too. If you would have asked me even last year yeah, that I'd be doing this, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> I would like, be like that is so funny. No, I'd be like thanks, thanks for the offer. But, like no, yeah, thank no. you. No, yeah, because it's scary. But I mean. Again, it's it's part of like the healing journey and just like acceptance. Yes, the biggest thing, and the like being. Thing. I think also being part of like the mental health community. Yeah, you know, and 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 not not because it's like an exclusive thing. It's no. just more so because everyone that gets involved, you know, in mental health or anything, it's they get it. They have their own experiences. Yeah. They get it, even though we might not share the same diagnosis or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's very much just what brings people together is having an open mind and an understanding of really just like the way that I see it is just complexities of being a human being. Yeah. Being a human being is just not, it's not a one size fits all. It's not linear. It's, you know, you have a whole lifetime of like, again, mental health does not equate mental disorder. It's like throughout your life, your mental health can take many turns, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So it's, it's so important to like have conversations like these to take out the stigma, to take out the judgment, um, to take out the, the, you know, the barriers yeah. that say like, Oh, you're weak for having, no, you're a human being. Yeah. One of the things that my <laughs> therapist actually told me was, um, so kind of going back to what I was saying, like I was this year, I felt like a period of like disconnect and I was like, well, I'm a social person. Why do I feel like I'm like withdrawing from people and stuff like yeah. that? Like, am I losing a part of myself? So when I was talking to my therapist, she's like, no, like when, things kind of happen to you or like when you're kind of going through periods of um heightened anxiety or heightened like say depression or Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. 
you're always going to have it, but it's learning to live with it. You know what I mean? So if I'm going back to, if I feel like I'm withdrawing, well, like I felt like I was losing a part of myself. I'm like, I'm a social person. Why am I not being social? Like, have I totally changed? She's like, no, you're just going through a change of like assessing yourself. You're always going to be social. That's like part of your like being, but like Sometimes you need to recharge and mm. reconnect with yourself yeah. to go and connect with other people. Yeah. Instead of like in my head, like freaking out, being like, oh my God, I'm 100%. so different. Like, what yeah. am I doing? I think, yeah, I think it's a difference between like looking at your mental health as like a villain towards you yeah. that is like trying to strip away from your identity to like more like, no, it's a, it's a part of me. It's just helping me learn more about myself, yeah. you know, and, and, and growing as a human being you know but yeah 100 100 percent like there's so many like twists and turns that happen with like mental health that like yeah no it's not linear at all so yeah, yeah. I don't know so I guess kind of going back to where we started <laughs> why we joined jack.org to have conversations like this yeah and to um help propel like the education movement surrounding that I think because I am a firm believer that education is like the number one thing that could help reduce the stigma around mental health it's just really just sharing the knowledge and people being able to share their stories and that's why even one of the missions as to like why we like one of the missions for our podcast is we wanted to have like mental health conversations that are like super accessible for people like yeah if you're cleaning your room you can listen to this and yes. kind of like chime <laughs> in and like hopefully like it sparks something in your head whatever yeah um uh where was I going with this oh but it's also um sparking conversations with other people you know right. like oh I heard this on a like we are you me and you talked about it we love Amber Chamberlain's yes, podcast and yes. like I'll listen to something then go down to my friends and be like oh my god did you hear this about the podcast I'm like what do you think about this yeah like, it exactly. just like starts conversations so starting yeah. conversations so like taking a platform as in like doing a podcast or whatever to like bring this to campus and hopefully like yeah. spreading it to other communities like communities that you're a part of and communities that I'm a part of and stuff like yeah. makes a whole lot of a difference you know and it's like opening different avenues to like different conversations surrounding what mental health is what it can do what it looks like for people and stuff so yeah and I'm really excited because especially like the like this podcast is gonna have like we're planning so many different topics and it's so exciting like I know one of the topics is gonna be like men and mental health right so it's like we're really trying to have like an intersectional view with this Mm -hmm. um and try to have as many topics as many um voices as we can with this because I think especially on a campus on a university campus I think it's so important to have that so oh especially in university where a lot of people are like leaving home for the first time and stuff like yeah I'm even still adjusting now I'm in fourth year and then I'm leaving after and like mean you were talking about it like fourth year is like thinking about what's after oh Oh my god God. (laughs) and it's like a never-ending process at university it's like you first come and there's you know a lot of mixed emotions that happen when you first come to university but it's like a whole journey to just throwing a pandemic and never really stopping (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a whole (laughs) other story but yes 100 percent so yeah, I mean, I think especially university, I think it's 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 really important to have, like, it's it's honestly one of the most transformative, like, yeah. times of people's lives. Yeah. So, and also a time where also people are trying to, like, fit in and find, be cool yeah. and, like, 
you know, so I think that's also why there's a lot of stigma and also like the competitive nature oh, of universities. Yes. Like that's another thing, you know, yeah. especially, you know, a place like Queens, like yeah. people are on top of their, on top of their game. game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's safe to say that mental health is not a one size fits all. Yeah. And we're really happy to be opening up the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us in our first episode of Jack Pod. Um, a bit nerve-wracking at first, but... We did it. <laughs> um, feel free to DM us any topics or... Um, any questions. Yeah, that you guys want us to talk about or address um, in any of our following episodes. And yeah, we're excited to have you guys join us for the next episode.